KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones, and tonight we're going to continue our newly launched Music Meets Activism series, where we ask someone from the community to come in and tell us what they do, why they do, and how others can get involved, and they're going to share a playlist to match. So stick around. Coming up this hour, you're going to meet Bernie Hart and Maria of Understanding Us, SLC Street Tai Chi. Yep, you can go down and do Tai Chi with them, and it's a nonprofit organization that helps unsheltered community members. Their primary program, the largest operating community Tai Chi group in the state of Utah. But they've got a lot more to say. Tai Chi is a vehicle for the folks they help. And this conversation a vehicle to get you engaged in the conversation about our unsheltered relatives, as Dave John of Living the Circle of Life calls folks experiencing homelessness. Also got another episode of Lake Effect. Great Salt Lake Collaborative produces these stories, voices actually, first person of folks and their stories of the Great Salt Lake. And stick around, I'll tell you how you can get involved in that as well. But first, let's do some rallies and resources. Coming up on August 5th this week, a harvest day for Ukraine, a summer festival at Wheeler Historic Farm. All right, so it's Friday from 6 p.m. to 8.30 in the evening at Wheeler Historic Farm. It's out on 9th East and oh, what, 6300 South or so? 6351 South to be exact. It's in Cottonwood Heights. It's an event by the Utah Ukrainian Association. There's gonna be music, food and treats, carnival games and prizes. You're even going to hide some treasure in the woods. You can make some colorful head wreaths in the Ukrainian style and more, including you can bid on festive silent auction items to help folks in Ukraine. That's just one of the items posted at krcl.org. Under the Community Affairs tab, you'll find rallies and resources. Skywatcher Leo T. Star Party is coming up on Saturday night out at the Stansbury Park Observatory. He's put some more information up on his Skywatcher Leo T. Facebook page to tell you how to participate. Doesn't cost you anything. You just got to get yourself on out there. He's going to be setting up around 6. Says look for him at the picnic table as you enter the beautiful Observatory Park. The event's going to go from sunset to around 11. The Salt Lake Astronomical Society will be there. The volunteers setting up telescopes and you're invited to, to join us. Maybe try some of your dark sky photography while you're at it. Details again under rallies and resources at krcl.org. Also wanna remind you about Mondays in the Park that start up in August, and that's at the Chase Home Museum of Utah Folk Arts at Liberty Park. There's always something going on Mondays in August, through September 12th actually, from seven to nine. And let's see who they have coming up this Monday. On the 8th, they will have Wasatch Intertribal Dance Troupe and Kargikala Kendra. More details you can find under Rallies and Resources at krcl.org. Just click on the Community Affairs tab. All right, the Great Salt Lake Collaborative is a group of media outlets, you know, newspapers, television stations, radio like KRCL, online outlets like CityCast, Oh, a whole bunch of us shining a light on what's happening with the Great Salt Lake. GreatSaltLakeNews.org is where we collect all the stories. It's, it's really unprecedented to have all these news organizations that otherwise are in competition working collaboratively 
to shine a light on the Great Salt Lake, provide some solutions because it is a solutions journalism initiative, and give you some ideas on what you can do individually, what you can do collectively by contacting your lawmakers and policies that you could support. GreatSaltLakeNews.org is where you can check out the latest stories. And in fact, a couple of headlines from July 28th, U.S. Senate approves $10 million to study the Great Salt Lake. And that story is available for you at greatsaltlakenews.org. Cloud seeding could bring more water to the Great Salt Lake, the Utah Department of Natural Resources says. That sounds like something we should have on the show. So I'm getting lots of ideas for things to bring you here on Radioactive. In fact, I'm thinking maybe of getting uh, a week of Music Meets activism with reporters and folks featured in the stories that they're writing. Lake Effect is a audio piece and a series from our friends at Utah Public Radio and the Great Salt Lake Collaborative, bringing you voices of the Great Salt Lake. Let's take a listen. My name is Jamie Butler, and I've spent half of my 46 years studying the science and the people and the ecology of Great Salt Lake. I didn't know that I wanted to work at Great Salt Lake and I actually accidentally started working there right out of college and I never stopped. I've been a biologist for the brine shrimp industry, I've worked in academia, and I've also worked with government agencies helping to manage the resources of the lake. I've been fortunate as a woman in a very predominantly man's world, you know, brine shrimp industry and even the state. Like, I've been really, really lucky to be encouraged along the way to do the work that I wanted to do, and not every person has that. I devoted a lot of my time to telling people about the lake and helping people understand why we shouldn't let it disappear, why we shouldn't just dry it up. And so I hope that the work that I've done has helped to shape perceptions about Great Salt Lake. And I think it has. I think that so many of us have been working for Great Salt Lake for so long that people are starting to understand that we really need to have Great Salt Lake. If we don't, we have environmental and cultural and economic catastrophe. And I am not going to shut up until people understand that. This is Lake Effect from the Great Salt Lake Collaborative. Stay salty, Utah. Absolutely. And I love hearing all your stories. Check tonight's show notes for a link to the Lake Effect podcast. And consider sharing your own story of the Great Salt Lake. There's another way for you to do it. The Great Salt Lake Anthology Call for Submissions is open right now from the Community Writing Center, Salt Lake Community College Community Writing Center. It's down at the main library downtown. Uh, 210 East, 400 South. You can drop in. They'll even help you uh, write something and submit it for the anthology. More details on deadlines and criteria in the show notes tonight, folks. And we're going to work on getting them on to share more details and perhaps some uh, some inspiration. And speaking of inspiration, we're going to get ready for some Music Meets activism. And to get us there, a little joy from Carlos Santana and Chris Stapleton on KRCL 90.9. The Utah Food Bank's Grocery Rescue Program addresses poverty, hunger, and food waste in Utah by distributing food that's nearing its expiration date but still healthy to eat. 
including fresh produce, dairy, and meats that would otherwise end up in landfills. To find a food pantry near you, visit utahfoodbank.org. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru, a community partner of YWCA Utah and the Stand Against Racism Challenge. Mark Miller Subaru loves diversity. Learn more at ywcautah.org and markmillersubaru.com. Welcome back to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. And now we're going to do Music Meets Activism with my guests this evening. We have Bernie Hart and Maria from Understanding Us, SLC Street Tai Chi. Hey, Bernie, how you doing? Just fine. Thanks for having me here tonight. I'm so glad you reached out and you brought Maria with you. Hi, Maria. Hi. I'm so excited to meet you and hear more about this playlist that you are largely responsible for, and we'll find out why, and we'll get to your first song in a minute. But Bernie, I was hoping you could take us uh, back in the Wayback Machine and talk about the formation of Understanding Us and the issue that that prompted you and your wife, Marita, to really go after this. Um, It's kind of a funny story. Um, It it came out of skiing and uh, that world uh, I became involved in skiing at an older age and I was always you know intimidated afraid and uh, I wasn't a person that was normally afraid but that environment just did something to make me nervous all the time and it was always a challenge and I and through the process of learning how to deal with that anxiety I came with some ideas about stress and the stress the idea uh, the role stress plays in everyday life and and determining how we deal with problems and solve problems and look at problems and 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 i thought it was a pretty important almost a discovery a new way to think about the that issue and 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 i thought that if it was really as important and we could have have the same impact using the ideas uh uh, away from skiing as we had with dealing with the fear and tension and the stress uh, that occurred, you know, in that arena, um, we might be able to help a lot of people in mm-hmm. uh, creating a model that helped people deal with trauma and trauma-based uh, conditions in a new way. And so the whole process was one of experimentation, testing a new idea, and, and doing it through, because we're not in academia, we're not a research institution, that we had to apply the ideas to different populations to see if they could actually help people improve their life, uh, improve their confidence and their ability to deal with everyday activities, to get make their, their, their daily activities less nervous, nerve-wracking and fearful, and, and just make life better for some people that were just scared. Yeah. and nervous about their everyday existence. So that eventually went through uh, a program at Spectrum Academy working with autistic kids, which was pretty successful to uh, starting to work with the homeless uh, in Salt Lake City. And, and we're sitting here today only because something's happening and something's happened. And, you know, this has morphed into the largest Tai Chi program in the state of Utah, and it's all people dealing with different forms of uh, mental health um, uh, or behavioral health issues uh, that ended up on the street and ended up out there in the world and haven't been able to deal with that. And we're finding that something, I, I, I love the word magical, uh, maybe something magical is happening, something that was totally 
unexpected because we didn't have a clue as to where this was going to go when we started. We had hopes, but uh, it was only through application that mm. we could find something, find out where it was going to go. Well, today you offer community Tai Chi, if you show up, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 8.45 a.m. down on the plaza at Library Square. And folks, you can find them on 30s between 4th and 5th South. If you're not familiar with where where that is, just look for the folks moving slow and in unison, <laughs> right? And drinking coffee yeah. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, chatting, yes. And I checked it out a couple times when we first met, and it was in the middle of winter, I think, when I finally went down there. And folks were, were still showing up. And I want to get to how things have morphed, but I'd like to bring Maria in and get your origin story. And because I mentioned Bernie's wife, Marita, I want to make sure people are hearing me correctly. You are Maria. Yes. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. How did you uh, become associated with uh, understanding us in SLC Street, Tai Chi? I had become homeless, and I was pretty much scared out of my mind, and one day, Bernie came up and said, come do Tai Chi. He was out looking for folks, and he found you. Yeah. And so I did. How many years has that been now? About four years. And the Tai Chi, how's it, how's it working for you? It's pretty good. I've had a lot of health issues, and it's kind of become some physical therapy for me. It became a tool for you? Yeah. And I normally don't talk to people mm-hmm. at all. I'm so and glad you're here then. <laughs> it's such a community there that yeah. I can talk now. I can I was, speak with them. I was going to say, what did you find there? And it sounds like you found people that cared about you and you could care about them at a time when that real. wasn't happening. Yeah. yeah, it was real. It was real. So, uh, Bernie, since we met, since you met Maria and started Street Tai Chi, um, COVID has happened and Salt Lake City, Salt Lake County, the state of Utah, switched its model of providing services to these homeless resource centers, uh, three of them. And I know you got deep thoughts about whether they work or what have you, but it did change who was coming to Street Touchy, right? Um, I, I, it, it, it's, it's a hard thing to, uh, to... When you do something for the first time, you don't know what to expect, and you're not targeting... Uh, anything, anybody but a general population. You have no restrictions. Anybody's welcome. Uh, we were dealing with a lot of people off the street, and a lot of people that were on the street that were coming through our program, a number of them were entering the shelters, and, and and so we were seeing that happen, and we were gaining confidence in the model and application because people were re- coming back time after time. Maria now four years, and she's transitioned into housing. She's She's here. She wouldn't talk to people in the past. And where is she right now? She's, She's on, on the radio, radio station. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I so know, cool. And we see that all the time in our program, people that were nervous and afraid and stepping out and helping other people. And you mentioned during the COVID. During the COVID, we shut down uh, just for you know health reasons. And it was the, the, we thought we had to do it. But when we started up, again, just be, uh, a little bit too early, but we just felt compelled that we reached out to some members of our group, and Maria was one of them, and a couple others that had been regular followers and you know seemed to be doing well. And we started three groups at that time uh, as an experiment to just see how we could attract people and if we could. And we set up in front of the women's shelter on 7th South, 
And we had about 20, 25 women a day coming out, and uh, not a day, but three or four times a week participating. And then on 500 West, where the nobody seems to be able to do anything to organize the population over there that's sleeping on the street and hanging around on the, all, all over the place, three or four days a week, we're getting 40 people a day to come in and do Tai Chi with us and participate in a group activity that was challenging. And they would come and they would interact and socialize and they were creating a small community for themselves and looking forward to it and showing it and self-policing, watching out for each other. They were leading the program, you know. So, yeah, it was uh, the COVID taught us uh, we reorganized. and But all that happened. It, it was really easy, I think, because people were connecting with what we're doing, the model what we were asking people to do, not what we said, but what we were asking to do and participate in was having an impact on how they felt about themselves. And once you start feeling better about yourself, you can start making better decisions. And the decisions you make are your own decisions. And they're not somebody else's. You create your own paths out of homelessness. You start thinking about what's possible once you start feeling good about yourself. So, yeah. Maria, is that what you felt as a participant in SLC Street Tai Chi? Yeah. Um, for me, even though I'm in housing now, I feel more comfortable there uh, with the group because really the group hasn't changed. The attitudes, the way we interact with each other is still really good. And I have people that look out for me, and I look out for them. And it's really helpful that way. A sense of belonging, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I want to dig into this playlist, which is uh, by and from the folks in the Tai Chi group. And Maria's got a, like a handful of songs. You, you <laughs> sent me one, Bernie, and it's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. It's, uh, it's a classic. Tell us what the song is and where it comes from and why you think it's a good fit for what we're talking about. Our, our program, uh, not too long ago, or we've had now for about three years a connection with Salt Lake City, uh, Salt Lake Community College and a sociology research class over there and they've worked with us and we're going to expand that effort shortly uh, they've made a major commitment to working with us to gather data and research and one of the surveys they did showed two things one was that 90 percent of the people in our program have been in jail and the average number of times they've been in jail was 10 and we see the same people coming, and they were there to take the survey, which meant they weren't in jail, which is a big deal. Yes. And so at the same time, those same people are with us now, and it might have been the, uh, uh, it's been extended periods of time since they've been in jail. So that was one thing that they found. The other thing was, was really alarming or eye-opening to me was that 68% of the people in our program we're dealing with suicidal type thoughts and actions and had a, a number of people had committed, tried, attempted suicide. And, and that was an eye opener. And so when- Speaks to the, the sense of despair that you're finding. Yes, yes. And, and the lack of confidence, the lack of feeling good about yourself, mm -hmm. the, the despair, and it really is despair and the high level of stress and trauma and nothing goes right and nothing's ever right and every decision you make is wrong. And so in our, in our program, we, we 
create situations where people have to solve almost a riddle. Tai Chi is a riddle. Uh, We have stilts and slack lines and other activities that cause people to have to think about what they're doing in the moment because the, the activities create stress. But if you think about it the right way for you, mm-hmm. the stress is reduced. And so the suicide portion of it, and in Utah, it's, it's, it's terrible. And the numbers are terrible. Uh, they never go down. And this program was put in place to deal with trauma and stress. And it's possible that through our relationship to Slick and doing what we're doing in the way, in the organized way we're doing it, we may be able to impact the rate of suicide in Utah using new thinking about what the behavior is. And so the people in our program, the high numbers of people that have dealing with that issue in our program, nobody that we're aware of in seven years has ever harmed themselves. And so... To me, that was a major breakthrough uh, and uh, really spoke to the importance of the relationship with Slick and the ideas and the impact they were having on the people in our population that we're working with. So I'm excited about moving forward and collecting some data and working to see just if we're having an impact. Well, let's get that song. You can hear it. (laughs) I I think everybody knows this one. Stay alive. BG's on KRCL. (laughs) Music meets activism. BG's here on Music Meets Activism with Bernie Hart and Maria from Understanding Us. Staying Alive, a song suggested by someone in SLC Street Tai Chi, I believe, right, Bernie? Uh, yes. Uh, Anthony. Anthony. He, he, um, is, I guess he hasn't been on the street too long, and he's uh, dealing with some stuff, and he's been a regular in our program he got on uh, he's just learning the tai chi becoming uh, playing a little bigger role all the time uh we have a you know stilts activity that anthony uh was kind enough to climb on the stilts the other day for the first time and to see somebody again dealing with stress and nervousness and fear getting on that we do it in a safe environment we're there to help people and and to see him get on there, see the nervousness in their faces, and then all of a sudden, after two or three minutes, if you do it in the right way, all of a sudden this awareness happens that, okay, maybe I'm okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe the next step is going to be a little easier. I accomplish this physical yeah, challenge. Yeah, that little spark of hope mm-hmm. happens that says, maybe I can do this. Yeah. Maybe this is possible. Maybe this isn't as scary as I thought I thought it was. And that's what our program is all about. And Maria, you've been part of the SLC Street Tai Chi program for more than four years. And I understand with other programs they've brought online, it's pushed you into some new activities for the first time ever in your life. It has. I think the first thing that the group tried to do was build confidence. And when you started to show confidence, they'd add something else to challenge you, which actually ended up giving you a sense of self-worth. I learned how to ride a bike for the first time, and it was very scary. Um, I went swimming for the first time. 
And it's like, now they're telling me I'm going to do the stilts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stilts. What are stilts? What are these? She rock stilts. Okay, she rock stilts. stand about this high off the ground. And then you're going to have them do Chai Chi on it? Or what? No, are you just no, walking no, on no, this? <laughs> it's no. just walking on it. Stilts. And, and why do you want to try that? They have a, a, like a slack line above it. Oh, so you can hold so on to it? So you can hold on. Yeah. And you're just thinking, I want to see if I can do this. I think I can. There you go. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so for folks listening to us, we're talking about SLC Street Tai Chi. And if you don't know what Tai Chi is, the Mayo Clinic describes it as a non-competitive, self-paced system of gentle physical exercise and stretching. And I would say it's a, a, an Asian practice, traditionally, historically. And you've brought it to SLC Street Tai Chi. How would you describe the movements if you for someone who's never participated before bernie and how did you learn it um i learned it because of the skiing activities and uh my awareness that in that world balance and how i moved impact how i felt and if i moved uh, in the right way my fear and stress was reduced and and if i moved in the wrong way then my stress increased and so tai chi just seemed to present a, a different model of yeah. motion and movement that I hadn't tried before, but and you go to at the slow pace because you're trying to create that balance you're talking about. Two things are happening, and, and from my uh, how I uh, everybody approaches an activity and thinks about it in a different mm -hmm. way. What I thought in the original concepts was that the brain needs to process information. And, and that's what its main tool is to process sensory input and process information and remember things and remember how we felt about what we did mm -hmm. and then either stay away from it or try and repeat it. But it's a learning process. It's, it's a process we used when we learned to walk and it was driven by stress. And what I thought is that people, uh, individuals that were dealing with high levels of stress were having trouble processing information and there's research that shows memory uh, is, is uh, your ability to re, uh, remember facts and memory suffers as a result of trauma. So what we experimented with was the slow motion and learning while doing something slowly allowed the brain to process information in a much slower way. Yeah. So that it could start getting used to doing something different and something challenging because the new the movements were new and different, and you were asked to learn them and and you weren't used to learning and learning mm -hmm. successfully. So the slow motion actually allowed you to process information in a lot slower pace, and through that slower pace, it allowed you to learn quicker. And then the quicker you learn, the more confident you became yeah. that you could do this. And it was challenged a series of 60, 70 movements that you have to memorize. So, and that's stress, especially in the context of a group. So it was using the, the motion and the patterns of Tai Chi in a way to create a, a different form of therapy. Yeah. And so. There you go. Yeah. And, and, and consulting the Oracle one more time to get my 
cultural origins, straits, tai chi, an ancient Chinese form of exercise, originally created as a fighting art, which I think is an interesting <laughs> application in yep. what we're talking about here today in 2022 and in, in Salt Lake City. But Maria, I'm, I'm just kind of curious when you first encountered this and you're like, oh, 67 movements. I remember trying to take a class on this a long time ago and I got yelled at because I sped up the class because I was so impatient. And, and it challenges you to slow down and to work in sync with a community. I was very overwhelmed. Um, I hid at the back of the group. But the first time you realize, I got that move right. Yeah. It's like, okay, got to find another move. And you just start to build on it. And then the first time you get up there and lead the group, it is such a self-esteem builder. Mm-hmm. You have a song on this list. It's a, a classic from Phil Collins, Another Day in Paradise. I'm going to put a bit of it on in the background, but who helped you pick this song? It was one of the girls in the Tai Chi. Um, we've talked together several times about our our difficulties that we're having that are quite similar. And we realized it's really kind of the homeless anthem or as we prefer, the street people anthem. Phil Collins, Another Day in Paradise on KRCL. Hi, I'm Brian Kelm. Since March of 1980, I've been bringing you the best in this great American musical art form we call the blues, every Monday night at 8 on the Red, White, and Blues program. Tune in for artists like the Kings, B.B., Freddie, and Albert, and Albert Collins to Etta Homesick or Elmore James, spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of blues, old and new. That's Red, White, and Blues every Monday night at 8, only on 90.9 FM KRCL. And you can hear the last two weeks of any of our shows on demand at krcl.org. Just click on the programming tab on the top left. I'm Laura Jones, and you're listening to Radioactive. Coming up at 7, it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. And, of course, it's Wednesday night, so that means uh, you get a rude awakening, folks, at 8 o'clock with our, our good friends from Rude Awakening. Our program tab at krcl.org will take care of it for you. And Maximum Distortion coming up after that at 10.30. All those programs available on demand at krcl.org. All right, let's get back to Music Meets Activism with our guests this evening. We've got Bernie Hart and Maria from Understanding Us, SLC Street, Tai Chi. Thanks for this great playlist that we got going. We got a couple more songs and Maria, some more stories to go with them, right? Yes. Okay, because you, you went to folks in the program and said, what, what songs speak to what we do yes. and what you want folks to know? So stick around for more of that. But uh, Bernie, one of the things that you've always had a complaint about, because you'll call me up and say, I'm really uh, hacked off about A, B, C, D, all through the alphabet, right? One of them is that folks want proven data, verified data to say we'll support you. But then you take issue with the programs and services that are currently exist and their lack of data showing they work. Talk a bit about that with me and what you'd like to see maybe change or what you hope the data you're collecting with Salt Lake Community College will help you do with SLC Street Tai Chi. We have a problem. We have a series of problems. 
uh, people on the street. Our jails are full. Uh, everybody in Salt Lake City that I've talked to aware, are aware of uh, the drugs and what's going on. And the people in Salt Lake City care. They are compassionate. Everybody, Nobody is saying get rid of the homeless and da-da-da-da-da. They want solutions. And they know that the solutions don't exist today because of what they see on the street every day. But they also know that there's a lot of great people out there trying to help the population that's there. They care uh, with the food and the clothing and housing and all the things they're doing, but nothing ever changes. Yeah, there's a lot of grassroots activists that are trying to meet folks living on the street, street people, as you said, Maria, you like to be called, uh, where you are and helping you there because going through channels, so to speak, is too slow. And doesn't fit everybody. Maria, you're nodding your head, yes. Yeah. You're finding that? A lot. Um, and a lot of it, too, is shortages of people in the programs. Yeah. Um, where I go to get help, there is currently a psychiatrist. There are no therapists. There is a caseworker. I see maybe once a month. Um, Someone with... And you get kicked out of programs. Yeah. You have a you have a hard day and you may be on the streets for the next two weeks because yeah. you get exited. Exited. Bernie. And I, I wonder and what I keep coming back to is the the money. We're spending a lot of money on the problem. It's not like the the legislature and the people out there that are making the financial decisions are not spending a lot of money. Ninety, we spend ninety three thousand dollars per individual for people on the street, and people are homeless. Where's that figure coming from? The that data is from, from the, a legislative audit. There you go. Okay, that is a legislative audit, and so that's a lot of money to be throwing at a problem, and the problem never diminishes and never goes away. And there's a bureaucracy that that also the, strangles y'all with red tape. Yes, and it, and the money goes in there. But it, again, it goes back to everybody's trying hard. Yeah. So what happens when you're spending a decent amount of money and everybody's working hard to solve a problem and the problem's not being solved? Mm-hmm. It means what you're doing may not be the right thing. What you're doing may not be effective, and at some point you have to stop and start questioning the effectiveness of what you're doing, not the intent and not the caring, but the effectiveness. And at some point we have to create a model that allows program, programs like ours to enter into the system and show what we can do to help people. So we have taken it on ourselves because there is no way for that to happen to create a model working with Salt Lake City Community College where staying alive and staying clean and staying out of jail, staying in a job, staying in housing are all measurable outcomes. Mm-hmm. And if we, with the population we have, we have the same people coming for a long period of time into our program, and they are transitioning. Now we know they are transitioning off the street and into shelters, into housing, and off drugs. Now we have to start measuring the number that do that and how long they stay off that and out of the population we're working with so we can create a structure of actually measuring the impact we're having on a 
designated population of really hard-to-service individuals. 90% in jail, 68% suicide. You know, a number of addicts come through our program, so they're all dealing with, uh, we're dealing with some of the most difficult situations, but we're having success. So, but now we have to create a model of measuring, and then we have to put pressure on the system to start asking harder questions. The people that are doing the funding, the people that are doing the donations, the people that care, uh, treat it like a business. Are you gonna invest in a stock that's not performing? Are you going to invest in something that's not giving you a good return on your dollar? And if you're not getting a good return and you're searching for something, please search a little harder and set some standards up for what this all looks like. So if you really want to help people, we have to change something. Something has to change. So. Well, and folks can check out your program by coming to Street Tai Chi, right, Maria? Yes. <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, 8.45 a.m. What's the website where folks can also learn more about what you do because there's so much more uh we have two two websites but understanding us nonprofit.org is uh the one that uh is lays out the general form uh, uh gravity-us.org gets more into the science and details and the philosophy of why we do what we do you know one is what we do and the other is why we do what we do and it's a model that we've stayed pretty true to and because you have to, if you're gonna do the data, do the research, you have to have an, a, a, an outline. Uh, you have to stay true to the original concepts in application to, in order to measure the impact you're having. And the smile I'm seeing on Maria's face tonight <laughs> and uh, her energy is like, okay, I'm motivated. I wanna go back and start, you know, more of it tomorrow, so yeah. All right, let's get another cut from your playlist. Music meets activism. Maria, this one's a Gloria Gaynor classic. Where does it come from? Why is it on the list? This was a song that as a group we listen to, um, we sing. And when we started the chorus, it was something that even if you were just making a joyful noise, you sing. Oh, Maria, we're going to start singing along here, doing some radio karaoke <laughs> with Gloria Gaynor. I will survive. Music meets activism with Maria and Bernie from Understanding Us, SLC Street Tai Chi, which you can take part in. In fact, tomorrow, 8.45 a.m. down at uh, Salt Lake City Library Plaza. And that's on, uh, it's between 400 and 500 South and 200 and 300 East, folks. Uh, check tonight's show notes, and we'll put a, a link in there. It's open to anyone willing to drop by and move slow, doing some Tai Chi with the group. So, Bernie, before we go, I wanted to touch on a point that I know we've had conversations over the phone about, and that's that these programs that you're working on and Maria's participating in are helping folks where they are as they are now. But it's kind of an end result, you know, trying to get to the root of folks' struggles requires us to really be truthful and be willing to pay for what we would fix the problem or at least in a better way. And you'd like to get onto that. Uh, when I think about kids and the source of some of our problems, I think about Douglas at Spectrum Academy in our Tai Chi class getting so scared that 
crawling underneath the desk and hiding because and there was a, nothing going on but that level of anxiety and and fear and, and struggles that our kids have I think can be addressed I think there's ways of dealing with the problems as long as we're open up to looking at some new solutions because we just have to have under uh, I think we don't understand what the the real problem is and what they're going through and because we don't understand it, it's science, it's science, our understanding of the brain and how we respond to stress and anxiety. The military is spending millions and million, million, billions of dollars for veteran suicide and whatever, and the, it never changes. The veterans still are harming themselves at alarming rates. And so it, it speaks to a lack of understanding of the problem, not a desire to fix the problem. But in our program, one of the things that we want to research is – when somebody comes to us and makes an effort and they've been on the street for five years or 10 years or in the system, I want to know how long they've been in the system. I want to know when they first came in contact with a special ed teacher or they, uh, 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 had some involvement with a school principal or youth services or somewhere along the line how long have they been in this system dealing with the problems they're dealing with and 20 years later they're still on the street mm -hmm. because this didn't happen it's not all because they lost their job or they got ill a lot of these problems started long ago and so through some research i would like to identify when people in this population first started dealing with these issues and can the application of some of the ideas we're working with at that early stage stop the problem or put an end to homelessness or the number of homeless i believe if we if we have effective thinking and ideas about those what causes those kind of reactions in people why they become afraid and nervous and dealing with the world and behave the way they do we don't have to spend more money we may have to initially spend more money but over time we're going to spend a lot less yeah you know, the jails won't be as full. The drug programs will be starving for clients. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Recruiting, you know, you know I get, what am I going to do with my day? I got nobody to help. <laughs> but I, I think we can do that. I yeah. think it's possible if we open ourselves up to new thinking and, and new ways of dealing with an issue. And so, yeah, I'm confident. Well, Folks, you're invited to come down and check out SLC Street Tai Chi Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, 8.45 a.m. Just an hour of moving slow and having fun with some folks. You get to meet Maria. You get to meet Bernie. And uh, let's get one more song from your Music Meets Activism playlist. Little, little Sister Sledge in the background as we get going. Why We Are Family. Maria, tell us why the song's on your list. It was actually the most popular song as I went through and asking people. Our definition of family is different for everybody, but everybody tells me that this is their family. Thank you so much, Maria and Bernie, for coming in from Music Meets Activism. I care, CL's Radioactive. Thank you. Thank you. SLC Street here. Tai Chi, 845 AM tomorrow, folks. Do check it out. KRCL, Salt Lake City.
Are your jet skiing days in the past? Do you have a boat that won't float? A scooter that quit scooting? How about a car or truck that just won't go? Our friends over at Cars, Inc. can turn your unwanted modes of transportation into a tax-deductible donation. No fees, no hassle, and you get to help power your community radio station. Visit the support tab at krcl.org for details on donating.